welcome to Muscle Maven Radio. I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. I hope you are doing wonderfully. I hope you got a little bit of a tan by now. You're enjoying some summer weather and summer activities. I know I am. Uh, have you guys heard the joke, the one about the, uh, the plant-based coach and the animal-based coach that sat down and tried to do a podcast together? Because that's what this episode is all about. And uh, the punchline um, is actually that it went pretty well. And that we learned, as most people do when they actually sit down face-to-face and have a conversation about stuff that uh, maybe they disagree on, we learned that there's we have much more in common than we have different. And... I really actually felt like this kind of episode was sort of overdue. You guys might be thinking like, yeah, it's been a while. We know what your deal is. Why wouldn't you have somebody that's sort of completely opposite of you come on the podcast, talk about it, have a nice little debate, see where you land. And yeah, it was overdue. And I wanted to find the right guest. um, And I wanted to make sure that I was having the conversation in an open and a civil way and not just for clickbait and not just for controversy um, and not just to have someone come on so I can argue with them or tell them that they were wrong or have them try to argue with me, you know? So um, it ended up working out really well because I brought on a friend of mine, somebody that I kind of met through mutual friends and we've been internet friends for a while as we do in these times. And her name is Tiana Polari. She's a holistic nutritionist and a certified personal trainer. She's based in Toronto. Um, Her focus is on functional strength, holistic health, um, food that's nourishing, food that meets your needs. Um, And she does a lot of good work, but she's plant-based or she was plant-based and she was um, in the past vegan and not eating any animal products. And, you know, she and I still managed to be friends and we'd look at each other's stories and look at each other's completely different plates and say, you know, okay, I respect it. You look fit, you look healthy. We, you know, we're both doing things that work for us. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do your plan and you wouldn't do mine, but that's fine. And, uh, at a certain point I was like, I think Tiana's the person to bring on here and, and have this conversation and talk about it a little bit. Um, she was somebody who grew up eating meat, um, and then decided to go vegan and vegetarian and plant-based and all of these things. And she had a journey that I wanted to hear more about. And I did tell her like, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to have kind of a fun debate, you know, like I know we can be respectful and have a good time with this, but I want to have a, you know, I want to have a conversation about it. And she said, I'd love to, but I got to tell you, like, I've I've started eating meat again. And of course, of course, there's a part of me, like, I'm not going to lie. There's a part of me that's like, all right, point Ashley, right? Like, she's back to the dark side. She's back on my side. Like, great. I can't wait to to talk about this. Um, But there's a lot more to it. Um, She still certainly considers herself more of a plant-based Um, nutritionist, um, whereas I consider myself, you know, the opposite. We both eat meat and vegetables. It's kind of the, um, the amounts and the breakdowns that are a little bit different, but she also does speak about her journey through, um, health as well as disordered eating. And so that leads us into some really interesting conversations about the ways in which human beings can use dietary protocols and fancy 
fancy diets and workouts as kind of excuses for dysfunctional and disordered and problematic um, approaches to our body and our health. Um, and we talk about things like what it's like to adjust your body back to eating animal protein after years of vegan eating. Um, we talk about what it's like when you, I hate to use this word, but like identify as a vegan or a vegetarian, for example. And when she decided to start incorporating animal products back in her life, what that was like to communicate that to her audience, to her family, to her friends, um, because that can often be a hurdle for people. Um, and then we talk about some practical things like how the heck do, do vegans get enough protein in their diet? Because these are Im important questions that I've never really um, gotten a straight answer from, uh, from, from vegan nutritionists. So it was really great to sit down and chat with her and talk about all of these things in a friendly and open way. And it proves that it can be done. And again, it proves that no matter what direction we're coming from and which direction we're going, we all generally have the same goals to be happy and healthy and enjoy our life and enjoy our workouts and our food and feel good in our bodies. Um, and it's going to look different to everybody. And so it's less about trying to fit into a box. It's less about judging other people for making different decisions and more about figuring out what you need by making informed choices um, with your health, mental and physical health, um, prioritized at all times. So I really appreciate Tiana coming on. It was an awesome chat. It was great to catch up with her. I put a bunch of links for um, her programs and her information, and you can find out more about her in the show notes. Um, but that's it. That's that's all the intro I think I need for this one. But um, if you like this setup, if you like kind of me having people come on and talk about uh, topics that you know we may disagree on, um, if you want me to get a little bit more feisty in the, in the podcast. I'm open to it. You just got to give me feedback. So as always, you can reach me on Instagram at the muscle maven. You can reach out to me on my website. I have a contact form there, ashleyvanhouten.com. Um, and let me know what you think. As always, I'm open and willing, uh, to receive feedback. So without further ado, here's my chat with the plant-based holistic nutritionist and certified personal trainer, Tiana Polari. All right, Tiana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This so is excited. exciting. I know it's very exciting because we kind of get to like catch up just as real human beings, but also lots of people get to listen to it. So no pressure for either of us anyway. <laughs> um, so time-wise, this is a pretty exciting day for both of us being in Ontario because we get to maybe live our lives a little bit this weekend. Are you excited for that? I am. It's like patio. I know the patios are going to be booked, but it, you know what? I was driving and I could see some people already on patios and I'm like, this is nice to see. Everyone's living their best life, smiling, just enjoying out being outside living any kind of life at this point. I mean, yeah. we, we've got enough to talk about that I don't think we need to spend like an hour um, talking about the state of Ontario, but it's been a rough go. And I do, I do kind of want to talk about like your business and how that's worked for you over the last year. Cause I'm sure like me and like a lot of people, you've had to maybe make some pivots or make some changes and stuff like that. Um, but also, before I even introduce anything about what we're going to do, I like the shirt. 
avocado yeah. gang. Very nice. Very yeah. nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> Tiana and I, um, one of the ways we bonded on social media was over our mutual love of avocados and also humanizing them. So that's a good time. We, I have like luxurious lives. Yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know, maybe projecting a little bit onto some avocados every now and then, but anyway. Um, okay. So the reason I, I mean, I wanted to bring you on for a lot of reasons because I respect what you do and I love to follow you. And I think that you're doing amazing things, um, as, uh, in the health industry and in Canada. And I wanted, I really, my initial idea was that I wanted you to come on because what I know about you, um, nutrition wise is that you generally tend to be plant-based. Um, and I thought it would be fun to have somebody that I respect come on so that we could have a nice civil real two real human beings who come at nutrition from like, you know, maybe different sides a little bit. I think that we probably have more similarities um, than people would assume. Um, but I wanted to like have a real conversation instead of what usually ends up on the internet, which is just people like yelling at each other and being condescending and, you know, not helpful. Um, and so I thought that would be really cool. And you shared that you've got some updates and some changes to your sort of nutrition that I thought was really interesting. So we can talk about that too. Um, but I think that really, I just kind of want to have a conversation about being healthy, um, individualized nutrition, bio-individuality, all of those things from a plant-forward perspective, maybe versus, for lack of a better word, an animal-forward perspective, which is obviously where I'm coming from. Um, so before we like kind of dig into the details of that, maybe just give our listeners a little bit of a background on like who you are and what you do, and then we'll talk about the food stuff later. Okay. So um, I'm a holistic registered holistic nutritionist. And I'm also a personal trainer and group fitness instructor here in Toronto. And I've been doing the fitness side of it for about 14 years. And I've been doing the nutrition side of it for almost five years, like officially with a designation. Uh, prior to that, you know, I had done my research and education and I was, you know, following a 100% plant-based diet. So um, officially with the designation for five years, but informally, like even longer than that. Okay. And you didn't necessarily grow up eating plant-based, right? No. So one of the things I had said to you, like in one of our banters back and forth, when you're posting all this food, I'm like, she's eating everything that I ate growing up, which was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my mom was a meat eater <clears throat> and my mom is Jamaican. So in our culture and in a lot of cultures outside of North America, right? You know, carnivore heavy, but also they eat everything and there's no part of the animal that goes unwasted. So I was so fascinated, you know, seeing all your posts and all these, you know, organ meats that you're eating and also like tongues and all this sort of stuff where I was like, oh, like she's literally eating what my mom ate. Um, and so I grew up eating lots of meat, like oxtail, goat, you know, liver, liver was actually my favorite food growing up. And I know a lot of people think it's disgusting. I'm like, it is delicious. What? That's a sound bite. I got to <laughs> keep track of this time. That's a sound bite right there. Yeah. Thank you. It was like my favorite thing. Cause when it's cooked properly, Oh, right. 
Right. It's, it's the same goes for vegetables, right? When it's cooked properly. I always tell people like you grow up and you eat boiled Brussels sprouts and you wonder why you hate Brussels sprouts. It's like, come on, you got to get, you got to work on it. Yeah. So my, and my mom was like, she was the best because we ate dinner like five out of the seven days a week uh, together. Well, we ate dinner every night together, but it was a home cooked meal always. So, and she went all out for all of the meals. You know, we got to eat out on Fridays and Saturdays and that was a treat. Like it was such a luxury to like order pizza on a Friday or have KFC, you know, like that was not the norm growing up for me. So I was one of the lucky ones that, you know, was had a home cooked meal every night. And it was like those meats, like, you know, it was oxtail or, you know, stew chicken on a Sunday. And, you know, my mom would, my mom makes amazing ribs and she's an amazing cook just in general. So if it wasn't from her, then it would be from my grandmother who is an even like even better cook. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, growing up with those really hearty home cooked meals Mm -hmm. every day and, you know, to the point about the vegetables, like I remember I would go to daycare and they would feed me canned beets and I had PTSD from that. So for Mm -hmm. years, I didn't start eating beets probably until about like seven years ago. Cause I was, I just thought back to those canned vegetables and I was Mm -hmm. like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And now I'm like, beets are amazing. My childhood food PTSD is actually craft dinner because I had that way too much at lunch. Like that was just, you know, like again, growing up in the eighties, like you you eat craft dinner and like, it was always cold and it was gross. And now I'm like, I can't even eat like good Italian, like pasta. Cause I'm just like, pasta is gross. It's gross. I can't, I can't do it. I just, it's like a whole thing, but it's funny. Like, you know, I, my mom's from Bermuda and obviously there is a huge range of culinary and cultural differences across the islands. And Bermuda isn't even technically a Caribbean island. It's like semi-Caribbean or something because it gets kind of chill there in the winter. Um, but there's a there's a big Jamaican component there in terms of the, the sort of food scene. Um, it's really quite, have you been there? No, I haven't. Okay, you gotta go. Um, it's it's like really an interesting mix because there is so many. There's like so many Portuguese and Azorean people, and there's Jamaican people, uh-huh. and there's um, Filipino people, um, Indian, and then there's like a bunch of expats. There's a bunch of British food, um, but the combination makes it really interesting. And so I did when I was growing, like going back and forth, and lived there for a while. I did have a lot of exposure to just the fact that other cultures did this and that we, the, you know, North American culture were the weird ones. Like we're Mm -hmm. the weird ones for thinking that this stuff is strange or abnormal when it's every other culture does it. And I get these messages all the time from people from literally anywhere except like white North America that they're just like, what's the big deal? Like, I don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're telling me so. Anyway, um, okay, but then what uh, what made you change your mind? Like, what made you decide to go more plant based? So I, um, you know, I'm almost okay. I'm gonna. It's like full confession mode because at the time I wasn't as knowledgeable as I am now. So I took a trip to visit a family member, and she was vegetarian, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'll do that. Didn't really fully grasp it. Like. I gave, I, like, I went cold turkey on a lot of things, um, like beef and pork being one of them. And I was still eating chicken and I was still doing goat and seafood and fish. Um, and then throughout the years, I slowly 
you know, it was like, okay, I'm not going to have the seafood. Okay. Like we're losing meat, but in conjunction with doing that, I was battling with an eating disorder. So my journey into becoming plant-based was a little bit different from others where it was really more of a way to restrict food. And so it's not the best way. And I don't advise anyone to, to do that, go that route, obviously, but I wasn't really making an informed decision when I decided to, to give up all those foods. It was like, okay, well, this is another way to restrict food. And then as the years progressed, you know, I did, I genuinely enjoyed being plant-based and all the benefits that come with it, as there's many benefits to other ways of eating. And then the more I started to educate myself and, you know, learn how to, prepare food properly and like combine food. And then I went back to school and, you know, worked through all of the, the eating disorder to come out on the other side. Um, I became more open-minded with that plant-based diet in the sense of, I was, I would say, you know, I could see myself eating fish again, or I could see myself having eggs. Whereas before I was like, Nope, this is it. I'm not doing, I'm not having any, I'm not having any animal byproducts. And I was really like self-righteous about it as well. If you knew me back then and like really like on my soapbox about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't until like I went to school and then was around others. And, and then I was like, Hmm, do I really not want to have these animal byproducts because I feel so strongly ethically. And I was like, oh, I don't really think so. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hard to admit. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because it's certainly not something that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more, but I, I like that you also mentioned, you know, sort of being self-righteous about it because I think that it's, it's a very common thing in the health and nutrition world when you discover something for yourself or you think you've kind of hit upon something that is correct whether it's from a moral perspective or even just a health perspective, it gets really easy to fall into that. Like, how do you, how do you not know this? Like, how are you not able to understand what I know that is so effective or so good, even if you're kind of tricking yourself at at that point. And it's something that I've talked to a lot with other people in the industry. And I'd like to have this conversation with you too, um, from the other side, because I've had, I've talked a lot before about, other people in the nutrition industry that that are more aligned with me in terms of um, touting the benefits of animal products and also explaining that it isn't as unethical, unsustainable, unhealthy for the environment as people think it is and all of these things. Basically, people who have a message that I agree with Mm -hmm. and the way that they communicate that message is so condescending and self-righteous and off-putting that I know they are not reaching people, the people that we believe we should be reaching. You're just preaching to your own choir at a certain point. And I know there are vegan and plant-based people who do the same thing, who do it by saying, we're right. If you don't believe it, you're stupid. Everybody else is the worst. And there's like psychology 101. Okay. I have two psychologist parents. So I know a little bit about this because I was psychologized a lot growing up, but like you don't change people's minds by telling them they're stupid. You don't change people's minds by making them feel bad and dumb. And you also don't change yourself. Like, and as you, I'm sure learned through your journey of like working through an eating disorder that like, you cannot 
achieve what you really want by hating yourself, by feeling like, by telling yourself you don't have any willpower, you suck, you're fat, you're the worst. You know what I mean? Like we think it works for some reason. We keep trying it and it just never does. And so there's a certain point we have to hit where it's one thing to have a message and believe strongly about something and be willing to talk about it even when you get backlash, but we have to do it in a way that in some way would make you feel like make other people feel like they're they're accepted and like they can talk to you and ask you questions and they won't be judged um and so every time someone might send me a dm that's like oh i was plant-based for 10 years and i had all these health issues and now i'm trying to do things a different way and i'd love to know xyz like yeah maybe there is a little tiny human part of me that's like "Mm, yeah like all right (laughs) like you can't welcome to the dark side but but there is another side of me too that's like i'm so glad that someone felt like they could come to me and and talk to me about that because there are a lot of people out there that have this message that are doing it in such a way that people would just be like oh shit i'm not i'm not going that direction you know and i think that you're now uniquely positioned to be in that that posi- that space too because you've been on both sides and you've been through a lot you know, nutritionally and probably mindset wise. And so you can kind of speak to the good and the bad of all of this stuff. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I remember when I decided that, uh, I was going to start to eat fish again. And it was one of those things where my body, I was just craving it constantly. And I had been vegan for like 10 years and I never craved any, like anything that I really, like I gave up, like it wasn't such a strong, craving where I I really questioned, like, maybe I should have it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at that moment in time, I'm like, I was craving salmon and, you know, potentially my body could have been deficient in fats at that moment. Right. As I I was still like navigating my journey and it was like with up and down, up and down, up and down. And I just remember thinking, you know, I think I'm ready to try and we'll see how it goes. And if, you know, I don't like it, then the beauty of anything is you can always change your mind. Right. And so I started off small and I, you know, reintroduced the fish and I thought, okay, things were going good. My body was, my body adjusted really well. And then the eggs slowly came back in and, you know, I still was very plant heavy. So this is what I tell people. It's like, it's not as if like like three meals a day was like eggs or fish. No, 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 no. Like they were sprinkled in throughout the week. I was still very plant heavy and very plant focused and still, I still am to this day. Um, and then just, you know, kind of rode that boat for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I've been following you for a few years and I see all the, like all the meat that you post. And I'm like, you know, she makes these look really, really good and tasty. So I'm like, "Hmm." and I, and I'd message you, right. And like comment, I'm like, you know, you're kind of making me think, (laughs) um, and what's now, like, I, I, I told my friend that I was eating chicken. I think she like nearly fell off her chair. She was like, like, and everyone I tell her like, what? Cause they know, like I hadn't had chicken in like 15 years and that decision, yeah, they, everyone had like a million questions, you know, and I work with a naturopath you know, as well, like I'm knowledgeable myself and we did kind of like, I hate using the word detox, but we really did like a spring elimination, um, diet. So I just, you know, 
it was like no sugar, caffeine, alcohol, you know, the regular, but it was just, you know, lots of plant, uh, lots of plants, lots of fruits, lots of veggies and proteins. And nothing was really off limits in terms of proteins. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to go 30 days, like 20 was 21 days. I was like, 21 days, I'm going to fish and eggs is not going to cut it. And I knew to really have my body working optimally for me because I train heavy and I have a pretty full workload. I was like, I need something else. And so I just approached it really from a nutritional perspective where I was like, okay, I need fuel Mm -hmm. and let's just go with chicken Mm because it's kind of the easiest re-entry back into the world of meat. So I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Um, And I do recipe creation. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a curry chicken recipe from scratch. And then I thought, well, someone's got to eat it after. So it was perfect timing. And that person was me. (laughs) And? And it was delicious. And let me tell you, I had leftovers and it was like the leftovers leftovers were even better than the first day. Oh, you know how it goes, right? You make like a delicious meal and when it's had time to kind of like marinate for like a day, that's when it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. So now I have, you know, I have chicken about once or twice a week. Okay. And right now it's working for me. It's, it's great. Okay. I have a lot of questions. All right. Um, I'm going to try to like keep, okay. First of all, when you started adding meat back in and a lot of people like talk about, I mean, again, I don't really care about labels. Like I'm not, who cares if you mostly eat plants, but then you eat fish, like, and that doesn't make you a V like, I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. But when you started, when you went from like no animal products to like fish and eggs and then chicken, how was your digestion? Were there any issues? Did you, and you did obviously do it in a like sort of measured, intelligent way. You were just like, you didn't go from like vegan to like crushing Big Macs and stuff, but like, did you have any kind of period of like getting back used to it and your body kind of figuring it out or? No, you know, like, like you said, I did it in an intelligent way and I really spaced it out accordingly. And, you know, that's just the benefit of, you know, me having the knowledge that I do. Um, didn't have an issue with anything. There was a point where eggs were kind of just started to not agree with me. So I dropped them and kept them out for quite a few months, probably about six to eight months and then thought, okay, let me reintroduce them again. And, uh, it, and then it was fine. There yeah. like, there was no issue after that. So, yeah. um, okay. and then same thing with the chicken, like digestion, digestion was fine. Okay. I, mean, I think so not to interrupt you, but I think one of the reasons why it was fine was because I also do a lot of other stuff on the side in terms of like my sleep, my hydration, my stress management, my supplementation, like everything else that I eat. So it's not that, you know, like I'm only sleeping four hours a night and I barely mm-hmm. drink water, I'm barely having a bowel movement, right? Like this, it, there's so many pieces that need to go together that people also don't realize. So that's yes. why I could reintroduce something like that and be like, yeah, we're good. Like, It's like nothing has changed. Excuse me for a brief moment, friends and listeners. I want to tell you about a new show sponsor that I'm very excited to be working with. The company is called Medicine Man Plant Co. And yes, the word plant is in there. So you might be thinking again, what's going on with my organ meat eating uh, podcast host who's now seems to be all about the plants. (laughs) 
Uh, the reality is I've never been anti-plant. I've never been against plant medicine and plants in your diet. Um, I understand the deep, deep uh, connection that human beings have to plant medicine and how it's something that we have used to treat ailments and treat sicknesses and um, be robust, healthy um, human beings with strong immune systems for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, and I recognize that it's important, and that's why I've almost always supplemented with some kind of um, uh, plant-based supplement. This company, um, they understand that our culture does tend to have a little bit of maybe fear or trepidation around um, herbal supplements, which is kind of crazy um, when you think about how medicalized our society is. And listen, this is not a conversation about um, modern medicine being bad and plant medicine being the only way. I do not believe that. I believe that we are at a beautiful time in life that we have access to all of the resources that we have to make ourselves healthy and happy. Um, but I do think it's interesting that we we don't often ask for the ingredients of the pills at our local pharmacy, but um, we're very, very mistrusting of um, herbal supplements and plant supplements. And it makes sense because in the US, we really don't have a, a, a governing body that's actually paying attention to a lot of that stuff. And so sometimes the things that you um, buy and pay for are not the things that you get but that's not the case with this company. They do very rigorous third-party testing to ensure the purity of their products. Um, so what you are paying for and what you are buying is what you are getting. Um, they have a range of products that support different um, processes in the body. The one that I have been using the most and that I really like um, is their immune pill. I was using it throughout the winter when you know your natural immunity is going down because you're not... Well, at least up in Canada, you're not really out in the sun. You're not uh, doing the healthy things that you're normally doing. So their supplement has vitamin C. It has elderberry. It has cordyceps. It has echinacea. Um, all very well-tested products that together can help you um, stay healthy as long as you're doing all the other good things, right? So uh, learn more about this company at medicinemanplantco.com. You can use my discount code, uh, MuscleMaven, of course, for 20% off. Go check out their products. Go have a read. Learn about them. If you have any questions, send me a message. We can chat about it. I'll be putting out more information um, over the coming weeks as we continue to partner together and, um, and try to teach people about some of these ingredients. Um, but I wanted to pass that along to you because I like the company. I like their products. I've been using them and liking them. And so I thought you should know about them as well. So once again, it's medicinemanplantco.com. Discount code is MuscleMaven for 20% off. Go get you some. Now back to the show. Yeah, you're primed and the rest of you have sorted yeah. out. That's 100%. I'm so glad you said it because that's another thing people don't understand when they get their diet sorted out or they think it's sorted out and they're like, why am I still a mess? I'm like, okay, well, are you sleeping? Are you doing all these other things? Is your stress crazy? You know, um, Another question for you, how did you feel when you decided to start incorporating meat and you're telling people and they're like, jaws are dropping. Was there ever, was there ever any weird backlash that made you feel weird? Did you ever feel uncomfortable 
because it was like an identity thing at all? Is this something you've talked about with clients or on social media? Like, tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah. You know, I, so I, no one, I hadn't really talked about that with anyone um, prior to, prior to doing it. I always did say, you know, when people are like, oh, I could never give up a burger. I'm like, you know, I actually don't crave a burger. And I, I always said, if I did, then, you know, we'll explore that when I get to that craving, like, we'll just cross that bridge when I get there. And, you know, when I made the decision, it did feel kind of weird telling people. Cause I was like, oh, are they going to judge me? Because, you know, I've been like pretty plant heavy. I've always like touted the benefits of a plant forward uh, diet. So I was like, oh, like, how are they going to, how are they going to see this? And, you know, I have to say those in my circle and my friends were, they were like, very surprised. Like they almost made a, a big deal out more of a big deal out of it than I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were the ones that were like, Oh, are, are you, are you sure? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, like everything's good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm making an informed decision. And that for me is always the most important thing is like, I'm not making some random spur of the moment snap decision. I'm like, no, no, no. I have really, really thought this through. And I feel like I'm in a good place, like from all aspects to make this decision. So there was a little bit of like getting in my head of like the fear of judgment. But then once I got over that and, you know, I was like posting on social now, everyone's like, oh, great. We can go eat out anywhere. I'm like, well, we could before. (laughs) Nothing has really changed. Yeah. It is funny though, how sometimes it's like the people who are, you know, your, your closest sort of support team sometimes tend to be not even necessarily the harshest critics, but the people who kind of make the biggest deal out of it. Um, It is kind of surprising, but, and I also wanted to talk a little bit about like, so the disordered eating part of this, was Mm -hmm. there, um, did you go into learning about nutrition so that you could teach other people about nutrition, partly because you yourself were suffering? Um, Mm -hmm. Is that sort of part of kind of the trajectory so I had went to I had gone to see a therapist and I remember when she started talking to me um she was talking about like my emotions and all this sort of stuff she wasn't really talking about the food and then of course you know the food is really just a symptom and I just thought that was a really interesting approach and like that's the first time I my first experience with therapy so this is like many moons ago and I was still in like in a like very green and in a learning phase and still am. Um, and then I thought, and I said, and she had a background in holistic nutrition and I thought, Hmm, okay, let's learn. And, you know, did some research online of the schools that were in Toronto that offered that program. And I wanted to educate myself. I never really went into it thinking that I would be where I am now. I thought the nutrition would be a good back pocket to have with the training because, you know, as people are working out constantly, it's the nutrition that needs to be really like the nutrition is like 80% of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought, Oh, like to know some stuff would be good to know some stuff uh, would be good to go along with it. And that's really why I did it. I didn't think that I would be, you know, like, doing the consulting and like helping women and like where I am now, which mm-hmm. is you know, hindsight's 2020. 
it's uh it's kind of cool how it works out though like sometimes yeah Yeah. well I mean it's the same as like with the book too like I created something because I it didn't exist it was something that like I would have thought was useful right so like you were maybe seeking some answers for yourself and then realizing like this is going to be helpful to other people too and that's like one of the most genuine and I think effective ways to to affect change is like, this was really actually meaningful to me. So I can speak to it better than if it's just something I'm doing for a paycheck. You know what I mean? Um, But it's funny. And I don't know what the timeline was with your, you know, sort of working through the eating disorder and therapy and stuff. But like you said, you know, you were looking at my stories and seeing like goat ribs and being like, Hmm. And I was looking at your stuff the same way in that, like, I'm not, not to say like, Hey, maybe this makes me feel like I want to go plant-based. Cause I've never, I've never been called to do that, but I'm looking at you and I'm like, you are jacked. You're, you are like a robust, strong woman. So there must be something that's working for you. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, again, it's easy. Like it's easy for us to fall into like stereotypes of like what a typical, we think a typical vegan might look like, or, you know, like whatever you need protein to like build muscle and you need to be whatever. And I'm like, obviously what you're doing is working for you because you look healthy, you look strong. And that's what I'm always attracted to with women and men, but like, let's, you know, we're talking about women here. So what, what, how were you eating when you were, were you ever, first of all, eating a strict vegan diet that you considered healthy from a, from a, like, uh, uh, macro, but also a mental perspective. You know what I mean? Like, was there a point when you were strict vegan, when you were in recovery mode and you were feeling better and you were like, I still feel good about this diet. This is working for me. Um, or was it kind of like, once you started kind of working on the mental side of it and feeling better, that kind of coincided with eating more animal protein. How did that work for you? You know what? I was still, um, I was still plant-based and like, as I was working through it and like feeling good. So the plant-based oddly enough, didn't come like until later, but I love that question because you, you would have thought that as I worked through it, it's like, okay, then I can just eat whatever I want. But then, you know, as I worked through it, I realized, no, I actually do genuinely uh, enjoy eating this way. And then I just was, then I just became so much more creative in the kitchen. So Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like I was eating bland food. I was eating really great food and creating recipes and it was fun. And for me, I always did my research and I took a very um, precise and intelligent approach when I was training and when I was making my meals. I can say, looking back, I probably wasn't eating quite enough, but again, that's because I was still working through all of that disordered eating and it was super restrictive. So it was like, you, you know, not only are you eating a restrictive way, but then you're restricting the restrictions, which is mm. easier, right? Cause you know, Facebook memories are great, but they will pop up and they like, can be not great at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's like all my food for the day. And I looked at that and I was like, oh my God, like I would eat that in half a day. Yeah. the rate I train. Right. And I was training more back then than I was now. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I was definitely not eating enough. I was eating well, but I wasn't eating enough. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a huge problem as well. Is that something that you work on a lot with women specifically? Because I find I'm, I have a course, um, right now that I developed with a girlfriend of mine, that's all about like hypertrophy for women. So it's like, we're here. If you want to build muscle, if you want to get jacked, this is what we're doing here. And as you said, 
nutrition is a massive component of that. And the biggest issue for me tends to be that women just are not eating enough. And I can't, listen, I'm so far from perfect. I have so many things that I need to work on in terms of like healthy habits and making stupid choices, but like forgetting to eat under eating, like none of that has ever been my problem ever. Um, and so, and I can certainly say I've had periods of like not very well controlled eating. Like I kind of just tend to go in the opposite direction. Like when I'm stressed, I'll like binge or eat too much or eat my feelings and all of these things. Whereas a lot of people go the other hyper controlled way of like, my life is a mess. This is the only thing I can control. So I'm just going to like really, really restrict what I'm eating. I kind of go the, like, I'll be dead tomorrow direction instead. But it's, so it's kind of hard for me sometimes to relate to it, honestly, because it's such a common pervasive issue with women specifically because of this culture where we're taught be smaller, restrict, restrict Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, Is that something that you deal with a lot with clients and how do you, how do you deal with it? Yeah. Like, honestly, that is probably the number one thing that I see with clients is they're not eating enough. And I mean, I see it when we go into training sessions and they're just zonkered like 20 minutes in. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, is my programming off? And I'm, you know, like I start to question these things and then I'm like, okay, well, we're now outside and it's, you know, it's warm. And did you drink, did you hydrate enough before? Yes. I'm like, did you eat before you came? No. Okay. What have you eaten so far? And, you know, um, I haven't eaten anything. It's one o'clock. You've eaten nothing today, right? Uh, okay. When was your last meal? Oh, it was 10 o'clock last night. It was a salad. Okay. And the other issue is like a salad is just iceberg lettuce, cucumber, and tomato, right? It's like, not a salad. That's not a salad. It's not That's a salad. Garnish. So like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay, well, no. And I'm not, listen, I love a good salad, but listen, I sexy out my salad. So it's, it's never just, I never have iceberg lettuce, right? Like we're making like a good hearty, like big salad. So, you know, they get into this trap of like, I'm going to do fa- a fasted workout. I'm like, it's one o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> we're going into an intense workout. There's no way your body can handle this. Like I'm not, and I'm not saying that fasted workouts are bad. No, but in their head, they go into restriction mode, right? So they see this like fasted as well. Oh, no, 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 no. Like I'm just fasting, but it's like, no, you've actually restricted yourself, right? Yeah. There's a big difference. And that's why when, you know, women want to do it and like, they talk to me about, it, I'm like, it's, it's such a thin line between the two. And I'm like, you the approach has to be so intelligent going into it. And I'm, so when they say like, oh, I haven't eaten, I'm like, you know, your body needs fuel. Yeah. Like. I didn't get to this size by not, not eating. eating. Yeah. And so we work through that in my, in, like I have a program and it's 12 weeks and we go through lifestyle nutrition and uh, there's a supplementation aspect to it, but we work firstly on the lifestyle and nutrition. And like, I really go through it in detail with them and educate them. And it's mind blowing to me when I'm like, okay, give me what you'd eat in a typical day. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, and you worked out? And then you worked out again the next day and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. And I have a client right now who we completely changed her macros and she has very specific uh, fitness goals. And so we completely re-upped 
her macros. And one of the pieces of feedback she's given me is like, she's like, I can't believe how much I was not eating before. Yeah. She's like, she goes now I, she powers through her workouts. Whereas before 30 minutes in, she was like, she would just run out of energy. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, (laughs) one day when we had, uh, when we we did her intake and I remember I was like, okay, so it's now two o'clock. Tell me everything that you've eaten. And it was like, Oh, um, an egg. I was like, okay. And she's like a date. And, and then, then she's like, I was like, and you, you worked out, like you did a, you did a weight work, like weight training. She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so we need to change that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one of the issues, like you said before, that sometimes people use these dietary methodologies as an excuse to be unhealthy because we can say, okay, well, we're fasting. That's not unhealthy. That's not an eating disorder, but the way you're doing it, or, you know, the mindset that you came into it with is problematic. Um, I think one of the biggest issues, I actually have a podcast about like women and fasting specifically coming up because our physiology is more complicated and we need to factor that in when we fast. But I think one of the biggest The biggest ways people do fasting wrong generally is that just like you said, they use it to restrict instead of basically what you're trying to do is restrict the window in which you're eating, not restrict how much you're eating. So I think a lot of women, yeah, they, they say, okay, well, this just means I I won't eat breakfast anymore. And I'm just going to like eat very little. And then I'll have my salad at night. It's like, no, you're eating the same. You're just smushing it into this. Exactly. And I've said um, the same thing. Cause when they're like, Oh, well, I, I, I don't get hungry till 11. I'm like, that's cool. Listen is when you're breaking, I don't care what time you break it, but you still need to be eating the same amount of food in that window. So it's not that you get hungry at 11, you've completely skipped breakfast and you're just having lunch and dinner. Yeah. Like that's, not, that's not how it works. And also to take a little of the emotion out of it and more of the like pragmatic, like science-based information into it that I feel like one of the bigger issues, again, maybe with women, maybe men too, it's just, I don't really deal with dudes. So I don't know, is that we're not, we're not intelligently matching our nutrition to our actual, actual goals. So like most women, it is what it is. We do still kind of always have like fat loss as, as a goal, because we're just always trying to, you know, be look, look good and lean and whatever that looks like to people. But often people have other goals too, which is to gain muscle, to like be better at their sport, to perform better, to run faster, whatever. And if we are doing, like you said, like heavy weight workouts in the, at noon, and we haven't eaten for 14 hours, it's not like a judgment thing. It's not a, what it's just like, it's, it doesn't make physical sense what you're doing to try to grow muscle tissue and put your body in a state of stress where you have to perform at a high level and you have zero fuel for it. It just doesn't make sense. So if we can start to like take a little bit, like peel back a little bit of the like emotional, it's just bad. It makes me feel guilty to eat and feel full and look at it. Like you have to just intelligently design your life so that it is matching the goals you want to achieve. Right. Um, but for you, when you're working with your clients, is there a way that you're able to, um, tell maybe the difference between someone who's like, you know, like the health nerds of the world, like you and I, who just like, like to experiment and try things. So it's like, Oh, fasting's a thing. I guess I'll give it a shot versus the people who are like, Hmm, this looks like a way I can, control what I'm doing, you know, and like make it acceptable. Like, are there like red flags or things that you can kind of pick up on with your clients that you can tell, like, 
you know, maybe fasting isn't the best plan for you. And this is why, and this is what we're going to do instead. Yeah. You know what I'm, I take a different, why well, I, I think a very different, unique approach with clients that I take on. So I have like, it's like a seven page intake form and we go into some serious detail. Cause I'm like, I need to know everything. And I have a, it's a 75 minute intake where we, I go through that form and like, I'm asking every and any question under the sun. And I'm sure it's cumbersome for them to fill out, but I'm doing it so I can really get into their psychology and really get to know them. Because I like, once I start asking questions, it's easy to fill out a form, but then once I start asking questions, that's when, you know, the red flags start to pop, like start to go up. So, you know, when, and to your point, like everyone, it's always a fat loss goal and that's fine. You're allowed to have whatever goals you want. Um, but when I hear something like, you know, um, I don't like breakfast, so I tend to skip it. Uh, I break my fast at 11 and then I'm like, okay, well, tell me what you break it with. And again, it goes, it's the garnish, mm-hmm. aka your version of a salad, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, and what else? And I'm like, is that kind of a typical day? Yeah, it's kind of a typical day. So I'm like, okay, you know. They've been up and down with their weight and they haven't been able to stick to a consistent routine. You know, there's some self-worth, self-esteem issues hanging out there. Um, okay, they, they, they're into res- like fasting, restricting. I'm like, mm-hmm, there's a couple of red flags. So what I always try to do is really just educate them as much as I can and say like, okay, this is your goal. This is what, you, this is your end goal. So there, you're the vehicle. I'm the GPS. I'm going to help you get to that end goal, but you're going to have to, you know, like follow the directions. Okay. There's going to be a few little detours on the way, but for the most part, you're going to have to follow the directions and like really take the time to educate them. And that's why my program is 12 weeks because, you know, as much as you can see results in three to four weeks to have sustainable, cause I'm huge on sustainable change. Uh, it's that comes over time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one thing I say to them is I'm like, you have to be patient and things may see, get a little bit worse before they get better, but you got to stay the course. So I really just try to break it down for them as much as I can in, di- in a digestible way. So not using all like technical jargon and all the buzzwords. Right. Um, but like really approaching it from a practical and, just a very digestible way for them and education, educating them. Like I'm huge on educating them and giving them the tools to succeed. Right. Something I've learned through coaching over the years is like, you've got to meet people where they are as well. So, you know, you go in like high hopes when you work with women, you're probably like, I want them to do this and I want them to do this and I want them to get them there. And I'm like, and then like, they don't have success because they're just like, what, what? And like their heads Mm -hmm. spinning, right? So this is why I take the 12 weeks. You know, if you had a four week program, you're just like, Mm -hmm. this is why I take the 12 weeks to really take the time to do that. And, you know, they have access to me 24 seven. That's one of the benefits with the program is like, I'm like, you know, send me a message or send me an email when you're getting stuck. It's great. I send back long voice notes and I'm like, okay, this, 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 and this, you know, you've done three intense workouts back to back to back and you're tired today. I, yes, don't ever do that again. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. recovery is key. That's the other way you're going to meet your goals is it's okay to take a recovery day. Oh my goodness. We literally in our, in, in the course we're doing, we literally, I literally just did like a lecture on recovery and I'm like, guys, you need to take give a day off. 
just yeah. take a day off. Like it's not going to kill you. Like, but it's, it's so crazy. We are so hard on ourselves. It's like, I just wish that we could just, and maybe it's like, like you said, we got to be patient, which is so hard. Like you do want to just like throw every bit of information at people immediately. And you also want them to like accept it immediately, which people don't. Um, and you have to like be, you know, somebody who I guess ultimately it's like you live by example, you know, and like, I try to show people like I have, you know, friends maybe, or some other clients that I'm like, here's, yeah, like this isn't, this isn't prescriptive for you, but like, here's how much I actually work out and here's how much I actually eat. And they're just like, what, like, how does that work? And I'm like, because that is what your body is supposed to do guys. We're not supposed to run ourselves into the ground and constantly restrict ourselves and grind through things. Even when our body is screaming at us not to, um, it's so tough, but yeah. I was going to say like, to, um, to your point about like taking, it's okay to take a day off. You know, we're in the culture that's like hustle, hustle, grind, grind, no days off. I'm like, no, 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 no. You need days off. Lots and of days off. it's all like instant gratification. Cause like the way things are marketed to women is like, do this workout, do this. So it's like over exercise, restrict, you know, just like go, go, go nonstop. I'm like, you're just going to burn yourself out. And actually it's counterintuitive. I was like, you're actually going to gain weight, by the way, you're not going to lose weight. So I'll just let you know, <laughs> let you know that like the more you restrict, the more weight you're going to, you may just put on. Right. Cause your body, our bodies are super smart. Yeah. And, and especially women's bodies, because oh, yeah. that's the other thing we've got a culture telling us that we should, we should look a way that our physiology actually does not want us to look right. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm still this way. Like I still like to have a nice, like just barely visible set of abs. It's like maybe most women, myself included, maybe aren't really supposed to have that all the time. Like it, yeah. it doesn't mean that you can't ever work for it and that you can't have goals and like, but understanding that these things are temporary and fluid. And ultimately at the end of the day, also understanding that like having only aesthetic goals this is another thing I talked about with like goal setting and how to, how to move forward after you you're done working with a coach, like it's fine for us all to have aesthetic goals because we all do and we all want to look good. Whatever that looks like, it can be different from person to person. We all want to look good. But when your goals are only aesthetic, only ever aesthetic, you are setting yourself up for failure because inevitably it's about comparing yourself to other people who are not you. So you're never going to look like them because they're not you and you're not them. And it's also so fleeting because again, like I know, and you know this too, we can post a cute picture on Instagram and get a lot of attention and it feels good, period, full stop. But that's incredibly fleeting. It doesn't actually mean anything. And I learned when I was doing like the bodybuilding stuff and I like got a full six pack for the first time and it was this miraculous thing. You post this picture and people are like, holy shit, a six pack. And then they move on with their life. And so do you, it doesn't mean anything, right? So you better have some other more intrinsic goals and maybe some skill-based goals and maybe some some other achievement-based goals that give you a deeper and more long-standing sense of confidence and achievement because while looking good's great it just is never enough and there's even like scientific studies that show that like just wanting to lose weight or fat isn't enough of a a motivator for most people to do it. So you might think like there are women who have been suffering for decades because they're a little overweight or they don't like the way they look. And they think this is literally all I think about. This is all I want is to lose some fat. It's still not a good enough motivator. So maybe adjusting it to, I want to be able to like do this 
work like this event or workout, or I want to be able to lift this much, or I want to be able to play with my kids without pain or like coming up with something else in parallel with that. And also I'll look good is so much more effective because you're going to feel accomplished and like you did something. And then also look at this bonus. I I look better and I look better in my clothes and you know, all these things. And that's what I say. I'm like, listen, I like aesthetics are just the bonus part of this, right? Like it's, I'm like, once you get the mindset, everything else will fall in line because to your point about you need some other motivating factor, like something intrinsic of a hundred percent, because if you're so, once you hit that goal, it becomes like, then what? Okay. Like I want to look like that person, then what? And, you know, to your point, like about the abs, like I remember you had written a post about, you know, yes, I have abs, but these are the reasons why you may not have abs. And, you know, like I know for me, even as hard as I trained back in the days and as much cardio I was doing and much training and restriction uh, there, I, I just could not get to that point. And I was like, okay, I get it. And what people don't realize is what you need to actually get to that point. And yeah, to, and also accept that your body just may not get there. Yeah. And is it worth it at the end of the day? That was my question. It's like, for me, it was worth doing a couple times for a couple weeks. Is it worth trying to have that year around? Hell no. That's life is way too short and too long to live like that. I have no interest. Um, but this goes back to, and I wanted to ask you this question. Um, I did, I did a podcast about coaching and what I saw as a lot of the limitations, both from, I, I crowdsourced and I got, um, points from both coaches and clients about what they thought the other side was doing wrong or missing or whatever. It was really cool. Cause I actually got like a lot of like, yeah, like in the polls and it was just like coaches who were like so frustrated <laughs> and it was clients who were like so frustrated. Um, and there were like major, uh, you know, underlying like themes that kept popping up, which ultimately I think the two biggest ones that are coming to the top of my head right now are communication or the lack thereof. And then also not a clear, this is also communication, but not a clear articulation of what your actual goals are. So a lot of time, a lot of times clients will um, have a very vague idea. I want to feel better. I want to look better. The two most vague things in the world. I want to be healthy. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? And where are you now? And what does that mean? Yeah. So, but they, they bring this vague, very vague concept. They pick a coach because that coach maybe looks good, um, or is popular. And then they're just like, Hey, help me look better and feel better. And then they're pissed when it doesn't go the way they want because they aren't communicating clearly. They aren't, they don't even know clearly within themselves exactly what they want. Um, so it was, it was a really interesting kind of process of going through and and determining like, ultimately these relationships are like any other relationship that you have, that you have to be honest with yourself and with the other person you have to be able to clearly articulate what you want and what you expect um and keep that communication going on both sides and i do think that you correct me if you feel differently but i feel like the onus is on the client rather than the coach because the client is the person who's going out there picking you deciding to pay you money um and so presumably doing their research that you're going to be the right person to help them and you know it's not to say that some coaches don't just suck or maybe they just don't work for that person specifically and that's fine too um but we need to have more clear understanding of the expectations and what 
you, you need to bring to the table. Cause I just think a lot of times people, again, they think they want to make a change, but they aren't maybe as invested as they actually think they are. And they also think I paid you a couple hundred bucks. So like you better fix my life. And it's really ultimately at the end of the day, you still have to do all the work. I'm just here guiding you, maybe giving you some feedback, giving you some resources, being an accountable support person. You're still doing all of it. And if you're not ready, there's no amount of information I can give you that's going to fix it. Oh my God. There's so much to unpack in everything that you just said. I'm like, where do I even start? (laughs) Okay. Um, yes. And I totally, yes. The, I, like, like I said, I'm, I'm the GPS. You're the car. You drive the car. I just give you the information, right? Um, you know, the one thing that really grinds my gears is the, in the fitness industry and the wellness space in general is that it's, there's some, there's a lot of gray areas and it's not regulated. So you have people who just are avid, you know, cooks and who just love working out and all of a sudden they're a coach, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. no, no certs. And I know, and I like, listen, I get it. Sometimes people are super educated and like, they've really done extensive research. So I'm not saying like, you know, you absolutely have to have a cert. That's not what I'm saying. But then there's some that just do the cert just to do the cert and don't even bother to do continuing education. So that's another one of my, um, like that grinds my gears. Another thing that really gets under my skin is, you know, people who aren't in a position to give nutrition advice. And I see them doing that and and doing programs, right? Because you don't know how someone's body is going to react to something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're telling a client that they need, let's just say like, okay, you need to have a hundred grams of protein a day. Well, how are you going to teach them how to get there? They don't know how to break that down. They don't know what they're doing. Like in terms of like, what does that mean for a meal? You know, how that seems like a lot. How am I going to get to that during the day? You know, they just don't have the time. Um, You know, some coaches really aren't qualified to do what they're doing. That's part of it as well. Mm -hmm. And to your point about, you know, the clients with goal setting. Yeah. They come in, they're like, I want to be healthy. And they think that's a goal. And I always say it's about four or five whys after that one, like one statement. Okay, well, why do you want to be healthy? They'll answer again. Well, okay, but why? What's that going to do for you? How's that going to make you feel, right? So it's like, I dig, I dig, I dig until I'm like, okay, let's really get to like a tangible goal. That's, you know, like a, um, like a smart goal because this, I want to be healthy and I want to lose 10 pounds. And like, yeah, like want to lose 10 pounds is great. But like, okay, like, why do you want to lose the 10 pounds? Yeah. You know, how's it, how are you going to feel when you lose the 10 pounds? Right. So they have to be specific, but there's a lot of coaches who just aren't at that capacity to like, get that, pull that out of clients. So when or they just aren't curious, right? Like that's the yeah. other thing. Like there are there's a ton of coaches. Like, yeah. They just, are, here's a PDF. They, take, they just, they just want to take the client's money. And I've yeah. turned people down because I'm like, they're just not a good fit for me. Cause if mm-hmm. you're not willing to do the work and I like, I'm not sorry about this, then I'm not willing to work with you. Right. Because mm-hmm you're making an investment. And I also take that seriously, but I can't want it more than you do. Yes. You know, and that's another trap that uh, coaches get into where it's like, you want it, you want it so bad for them. You're almost like doing the work for them. And they've kind of taken a back seat. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not how it works. You're in the driver's seat. I'm in the back seat. Like, I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to do everything I can, but you have to want it and you have to go for it. So, you know, it's coaches not, not being at that capacity to draw the, draw it out of them and clients. Yeah. Not being specific enough and delving deeper than just the 
external, like they want abs or, you know, they want to look good. We all want to look good. But let me tell you, when you start to eat better, when you start to sleep better, when you're having amazing bowel movements, all of that will fall into line and you're managing your stress. I 150% guarantee that everything will start to fall in line. I have some actually, we've been talking like very high level, like existential health stuff, but I actually have some questions. Do you like my mermaid pen? Oh, that's cute. I wanted to show you my mermaid pen. Um, Okay. Do you, regarding your clients, do you uh, have a specific niche? Do you generally work with women? Do you generally work with plant-based women? Do you generally work with people who are looking to do fat loss first? Like, do you have a niche or is it more about whoever kind of comes to you for whatever reason, then you do this intake and you kind of make the decision based on that? Yeah. So I generally work with, I would say like 97% women and they, it's, they, they almost gave me a default niche of weight loss, even though that wasn't necessarily what I was going into, but I've come to realize it's the emotional aspect of, uh, the weight loss. So I would say that has become my niche. So we work through the mindset the and the blocks and challenges that they're having to get to the, the weight loss. So that's pretty much the, the clientele that I've been seeing a lot of lately okay. that have been to me and primarily women. Okay. And if you have someone, a client who is plant-based or even when you were yourself, cause this is another question I'm curious about, um, how do you make sure they get enough protein? Because listen, I know that like plant sources have protein. I know, but we also know that realistically all of these like side-by-side Instagram posts of like whatever the hell quinoa having the same protein as beef. We know that's bullshit because we're talking like ounce for ounce. It's not the same thing, right? And then it's like the amino acid profile. Like you do have to have a little bit more chemistry involved when you're eating mostly plants. So how do you do it? Yeah, so- um a lot of them have been um, plan heavy, but they'll, some of them do eat fish. And I asked that in the beginning, I'm like, okay, what do you, what, so what do you eat? What don't you eat? What kind of proteins are like, well, I eat fish. I don't eat any meat. Okay, cool. Like, you know, how open are you? Like, how often would you like to have fish um, a, a week? Are you open to supplementation? Because I mean, to your point about like the quinoa to the beef, like, yes, you're correct. And like ounce for ounce, it's like, okay, well, I can't have you eating like three cups of chickpeas in a sitting because that's yeah. just not realistic. Mm-hmm. So how open are you to supplementation? Because we're going to have to put in a shake somewhere to yeah. get to up that protein. You know, are you open to having collagen? Like anything to up the protein? You know, if they are, great. If they aren't, then it's like, okay, let's continue to like work and refine. But I would also explore like, okay, are they like, are they plant-based in restriction or is it religious belief or, you know, like ethical? So I make sure I do go through that first. And then if, you know, they're not open to certain things, then I literally, I will go through in detail and, you know, I'm going to say, listen, this is a situation, but if you're open to supplementation, it's, and I've been there, I was like, in order for me to make, make up my protein. Yeah. I had to have a throw in a shake every now and again, because it was just like, I wasn't going to hit that number. Cause yeah. when you are plant-based, you know, you can, yes, you can have the beans and legumes, but listen, those are like very carb heavy as well. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to really balance things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you generally 
aim for, for both yourself and your clients, unless there's a specific reason, um, a more balanced approach in terms of proteins, fats, carbs, or do you, yeah. So you're not like into the kind of like high fat, low carb or the carb cycling or anything like that. It's more just like, let's be balanced. Let's nourish our bodies. Right. Because they don't even know how to do that. Yeah. So you got to start from basics. So Can you imagine if they like they just didn't even know how to put a plate together? I'm like, okay, so we're gonna go low, we're gonna go low keto, plant. They're gonna be like, what? You know what? That would just be setting them up for failure. I know it. So I always say, like, you just gotta have a carb, like basic. We're going back to like macros one on one. You gotta have a carb, you gotta have a protein, and you gotta have a fat source. So when someone's like, oh, I had a piece of salmon and I had some quinoa and vegetables, I'm like, great. Throw in half an avocado. You need some fat. Mm -hmm. There's your plate. Beautiful. And that for them is like huge because they don't even know to do that. So it's not until they've mastered that basic, then, then we can look at like, okay, so like, how do we then tweak the macro? So it's like, okay, well, maybe you do do a little bit higher protein, higher fat, lower carb, and, or maybe then we carb cycle, but it also depends on what their goals are as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Are you eating any beef or red meat these days? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, she was. You got excited. (laughs) (laughs) Everything but though, it seems like. Uh, everything but yeah. Like I like like I said, I'm doing chicken, and even the other day, I was ordering um some food, and I saw chicken livers on the menu, and I was like, oh, we're doing that next time. Like I did that day, but I was like, oh yeah, because I like I said, I love liver, and uh, my mom has a friend who makes fantastic liver, and I was like how far is he living these days? <laughs> how does he do it? Do you know? Yeah. Um, you know, he's, you know, this is a thing like with, uh, m- like most West Indian cultures, there's no recipe. So yeah. they're just like, Oh, you know, I just put oil in the pan, season it up, throw an onion. I'm like, no, but like, what's the process? Like, yeah, exactly. So I know it's, you know, it's really well seasoned. They'll saute the onions and throw it in and they almost like stew it down, but they stew it down perfectly. So it's not that rubbery texture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I, when I was researching for this book, um, one of my best friends is Nigerian and she was like, you should do this like goat stew recipe, blah, blah. And she was like talking to me about it. I'm like, okay, well, can your mom like give me the recipe or like a type of recipe that I can work on? She's like, no. I was like, okay, well, I, I got nothing then. I can't, I can't just recreate this anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. But okay. Your so with the red recipe. meat, with the, yeah. with, with the red meat, um, <laughs> what are, what's your thought? Pro- and listen again, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you or anybody that they have to. And I think that this was kind of a cool, like I said, a cool evolution of the conversation that we were going to have where I was going to be like, tell me how you can be buff on a vegan diet because you are, and I kind of don't believe it. Instead, we're having a much different conversation. Um, but I was still buff on a vegan diet though. I, will say. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, as long as I've known you, you've looked amazing. So I'm like, again, that's why I'm like, it works for everybody the same way. Like I don't tell anybody you should just eat meat. Like that doesn't work for most people. Like there right. are a couple people in the world who will thrive long-term eating only meat. For most of us, that's so boring. That's so monotonous. We're going to end up missing a lot of the like fiber, micronutrients, antioxidants, just flavor and taste and enjoyment. You know, mm-hmm. I would still say generally, if I had to pick, like if I was going to survive over the next 10 years, strict vegan or, or mostly meat, I'd probably go meat. However, um, for you, like what's, what is it that is holding you back maybe from doing the red meat? Is it a flavor thing? Is it a like, like, what is it for you? 
Um, that's a really good question. I think it's, uh, there's probably a little bit of like that fear again creeping in when I was deciding to do the the chicken where I'm like, oh, am I really gonna go all the way in? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I gotta tell you, like I'm probably closer than I think because I'll smell like a dish and I'll see something. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That, that smells really good, it's really good. And like, that's how you your taste buds get lit up, right? Is like yeah. smell and look, like it's gotta be visually appealing and smell yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just more a little bit of like fear, but that's all in my head. Cause I yeah. mean, it's, it's just psychological at that point. So the, the day will come, like, I know yeah. it will come. I just got to right. choose the right meal. Yeah. That is kind of like a lot of pressure, right? When you've been uh, like <laughs> off it for a long time, you're like, you got to pick the right meal. You can't have like a subpar disappointing, uh-huh. like shitty steak or something. Like it needs to be something good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am excited for you. Keep me posted when that happens. Um, all right. So going back to the work that you're doing and training and coaching, tell us a little bit about like the options right now. Like can people, and I know people can like purchase just workouts and stuff from you. Cause I've done it. Um, can, can people work with you? They just want to work one-on-one with training, um, specific goals. And then is there like a more holistic, like, I want to work out with you. I want to get nutrition advice from you. Tell me a little bit about your like platform. Yeah. So I do, like you said, I have, um, if you just want, you know, some workouts or meal plans, I've got those on my site and then I do virtual PT. So if you just want, you know, just to work out and you still want the cheerleader, I can do that virtually, not a problem. And the, I have a 12 week weight. So I've got two programs. I got a 12 week weight loss program and it is like, everything is covered on from macronutrients. Like what is a carb? what is protein, what is fat, you know, examples of everything, how to recover, how to hydrate. There's a 12 week uh, workout program that's progressive over the 12 weeks and it's got instructional videos. So there's that one and you can do that like purchase, do it on your own. You have lifetime access to the program. And then if you want to get really deep and work one-on-one, I have a program, Absolute Alignment. So we work together over 12 weeks. And again, we go through creating a lifestyle, nutrition and supplement protocol and we meet. So you get one intake plus three months. So you get like four really good deep dives over the course of the 12 weeks. And in between you have check-ins and support. So like I said, you have pretty much 24 seven access. If you're like, you know, I got a question is like, is feta cheese dairy? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and you it's know, delicious. Like, yeah. <laughs> just those random questions. Um, so you can work directly with me on that. So those are like my, my two main offerings. So you've got the weight loss, which you can do on your own. And then we have the absolute alignment, which is you work one-on-one with me. Okay, cool. Um, another question you, you brought up a couple times supplementation. And mm-hmm. I know we talked a little bit about like essentially protein supplementation for people who are having a hard time getting it, um, from their whole foods, but what are some other kind of like high level supplementation, thoughts that you have both for yourself, like what you're doing and also just in general that you think people might be missing out on or that people could like look into that would be really beneficial. Yeah. Um, I always say, you know, supplementation is kind of just the cherry on top. So I never go to supplements first, 
for any anything, right? I if I'm experiencing something, I kind of always look at like what I'm doing in my life and how I'm eating first before I jump to a supplement. I mean, there are some that are just go-to that are great in general, you know, a protein, good, uh, good quality protein powder, good quality um, collagen, uh, vitamin C, just because of the time that we're in and immune support, you know, in addition to everything else that, you know, you need to be doing um, a good B complex as well. For, for women um, and magnesium, a good quality magnesium, you know, for, for like brain sleep, mm-hmm. um, you know, digestion, everything, everything, mm-hmm. uh, everything under the sun and, you know, anything else. I think those are the pretty much the only high level ones that I would say, you know, everything else is you really should work with a practitioner to see what's best for you and not just like go online and like, oh, I'm taking this because it's good for this. Like, no. Yeah. 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 That's smart. Um, all right. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I feel like we could talk forever, but I really appreciate you coming on. And I think like, just to kind of cap all of this off, I think that some of the takeaways from this are, first of all, that again, you're more plant forward. I'm more animal forward. We both have way more in common in terms of our approach towards health and getting people healthy than different. Literally the only difference is like what our plate would look like. Yeah, that's a perfect way to say it. Right. So it's like, we're both eating whole foods. We're both doing, we have so many of the same attitudes. It's just literally our plate looks a little bit different, which is totally fine. Um, and I think some of the things that I really appreciate about you and, and, um, that I think are really helpful. And it also makes me feel good when somebody else smart, um, has similar, uh, thoughts to me because it makes me feel validated (laughs) is that, you know, it's about an intelligent approach to Mm -hmm. training and nutrition. So it's about at the end of the day, as much as we want to jump ahead, instant gratification, do this thing that this popular good looking person is doing, it takes time, it takes patience and it takes like perseverance and a willingness to really actually deeply invest in yourself, um, which is frustrating and hard. And that's why everyone in the world isn't perfectly healthy because it's really difficult, but it's worth doing. I think that's a key takeaway. I think the other thing that you focus on so much, which is the mental health mindset attitude part of it is so huge because it's literally almost never an issue of lack of information. You know what I mean? Like you said, you can have clients that literally don't know anything about calories or macronutrients or putting a meal together. They need resources and help, but the, at the end of the day, they could get that from anywhere. It's about figuring out what's going on up here that really makes the difference, right? And the, the sustainable difference. So I think those are kind of like key takeaways from this. And also the fact that you love liver and think liver is the most delicious thing. So that's the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> of takeaways that I would like everyone to take away from this. Um, but is there anything else? Is there anything else just before we kind of take off that you like, I don't know, maybe want people to know if they are maybe, um, I don't know, plant-based or thinking about going plant-based or thinking about going more animal-based or just conflicted about how to move forward because you've maybe been there. Like, is there anything that you just want people to know? 
You know, I think that my biggest thing is, you know, I always want people to make an informed decision. And obviously that looks different for everyone, but that, you know, you've done your research and even if you work with a coach, do some research on that coach as well and see if you can, you know, you get uh, client um, interviews or you see reviews from other clients and, you know, just really take the time, you know, don't get distracted by big shiny object. And, you know, like, you know, the coach who's ripped and abs versus the coach who's, I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm jacked. I don't have abs, but I'm still jacked. But, you know, like, just don't get distracted by like, ooh, the package. Oh, yeah. Like package, yeah. you know, so really just take the time to do the research. And so you, they, you can feel that you've gotten to a point where you're like, okay, I can really make that informed decision. And I have all of the information I need to move forward. You know, that's really my biggest thing. It's just like inform, inform, inform. Yeah. I love that. Thank yeah. you for your time. This was awesome. Oh, thank you for having me. So, so good fun. to catch up. Yes. Um, we'll put all the information in the show notes so people can follow you and check out all your stuff. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like the timeline is now ticking for me to come back to Toronto and visit and hang I out. Know, and- I want you to come for a workout. I just bought myself a barbell. I bought plate. You got a barbell? I do. <sighs> Well, that's the only yeah. thing I don't have. I feel like I have like, all, I don't think I have quite the room in my like home gym for the. Yeah. I actually went to, I went to pick up battle ropes and I was like, I just said, do you have a barbell? And he goes, yeah, we have one out of the box. I was like, can I touch it? Bring it over. <laughs> and he, he's on a shipping dock and I'm down and I'm like grabbing. And I was like, oh, can we just put this in the car? And then I, I bought it. And then I was like, I lasted a week without plates and I just got plates this week. I was like, oh, this, we're just going to go all in. Oh my God. It's, I mean, that's like the beginning of the end. Now you really don't have to leave your house. You got to, I, yeah, I, I don't intend to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, although I'm going to start doing my research now because workout. Yes. And then we're going to find, um, the ideal place where we can get some delicious meats and vegetables that we yeah. will enjoy when we are together in real life. Um, but yeah, thank you again. I'd love to have you on again. And um, thank you so for fun. what you do. Yeah, thanks. All right, everybody, that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for having an open mind. I appreciate it. Thanks to Tiana for coming on and sharing so much with us. Um, Just a reminder, too, that if anybody who's listening to this and maybe is coming from a plant-based place or a place where you want to start incorporating more animal-based products, I did do a whole podcast about it. Uh, It's not a podcast saying you have to eat like I do or you have to eat steak every day. It's just some kind of practical tips for people who may be feeling like they need more animal protein in their diet and aren't exactly sure how to do it. So I'm going to put that in the show notes as well so that you can check that one out because I think that could be really helpful. And thanks again to our show sponsor, uh, Medicine Man Plant Co. They have uh, created a 20% discount for my listeners only with, you guessed it, code MUSCLEMAVEN. You also get free shipping on orders of $50 or more. Um, They make amazing plant-based, because yes, I like a little plant-based product every now and then, um, herbal medicinal supplements um, to assist in specific challenges that you might have around um, calm or focus or... um, 
just general overall health. Um, and I've talked about this. I've got an IG uh, live um, talking about these products. So if you want to learn more, just go to medicinemanplantco.com. Um, and again, use the code MUSCLEMAVEN for 20% off. And that's it. I'll see you again in a week. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe so I can keep doing this. I can't do it without your feedback and without your love. So please share it, spread it, um, and give me feedback wherever you uh, see fit. All right. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you soon.